Every hour on the hour, when we listen and gain our knowledge and power, we turn to the no bullshit hour. Let's just end breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Yeah. Whatever, man. Welcome to the truth, ladies and gentlemen. If the truth happened in the forest and nobody was there, would it still be the truth? It's deep. Would it? Uh, yeah. Of course it would. It's the truth. You just be walking naked in a field of disbelief, but the truth is all around you. Oh. You know, it's just carved in the bark of the trees and in the forest of truth. I would love to know. L E D U F F Laduff. With a, with a heart around it in TLA? I'm just telling you, man. I went to University of Michigan. You know it's chiseled in the building? You know what the motto of the University of Michigan is? What? I'll translate from Latin to English, which they also taught us. I never got taught that. Arts, Science. knowledge, truth. Hmm. Truth. The whole point of higher education, the great mission the great university is truth. The minute you turn from truth, you're lost in the forest. So what we have today, this weekend, the big game, Michigan, Michigan State, number six versus number eight, Michigan bragging rights. With us is John Vaughn, the Michigan great, Michigan tailback. We went to Michigan together. I'm now in a basement in Ferndale, speaking the truth, and John, is camped out in front of the president's house of the University of Michigan, demanding an apology, demanding some acknowledgement of the abuse he took from Dr. Anderson back in those days, those Bo Schembechler days. And they're all dicking around and they won't give it. And I got the abuse from Dr. Anderson. I didn't want to say much about it, I'll say it today. I'll, I'll talk with John because John's brave. I joke about it, but it's real hard to live with. He's going to join us in a second. I, I need that shit back because it's, it's very heavy. I know. I know, folks. I know. Don't worry. It's truth. Mm -hmm. It's the truth. It's, it's a very good snappy hour, but it's the truth. It's like Nasser. It's the rough, truth must come out. It's a rough truth. Man, I, I'm very proud of this guy. Oh my God! This yeah. man, my contemporary. Mm -hmm. uh, also, you know, a follow-up from last week about the school surrounded by the neighborhood from hell and all the good people in the neighborhood surrounded by the rot and the stench of those abandoned buildings that belong to the city. Update. Yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you a little secret. What? 
man done dick. <laughs> I'm shocked. Hey. I'm blown away by that. More. More federal. Oh, oh, right, whoa, whoa, yeah, that's crazy. We'll fix that in post. We'll no, we won't. The feds hit Detroit again. We're in the middle of an election, and the feds just indicted a commanding officer in the Internal Affairs Bureau of the Detroit Police Department. We're in the middle of election, and nobody's bringing shit up about this. We're also going to have ML Elric running my my friend, mm-hmm. Pulitzer Prize winner. Crusading reporter here in Detroit. You might know his work. He's running for city council in District 4. We also invited his... Um, Letitia? Mm-hmm. Is uh, the other person running? Uh, his opponent. Opponent, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, She's, busy. Response? She's busy. Hmm. She thanks me for the opportunity. Loves the work we do because it's the truth. Sometimes people can't face it. I don't know. Well, do me a favor. Share this. Share, 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 share. share. Populate. Populate. And no uh, wishes to Karen, too. She's dealing with something. Yeah. She's not with us today. Karen's dealing with some family stuff. She's on my mind. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Prayer for her family. That would be nice. All right? Prayer for each other. That would be even better. Yeah. All right. As always, the No Bullshit Hour is brought to you by American Coney Island. What do you want me to say? It's the best. It's the cleanest. It's the oldest. It's the nicest. Yum, 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 yum. It's Coney delicious. Dough. Yeah. Now, we're getting into the season again. It's cold. It's the holidays. Football games are getting serious. You want to taste the Detroit? Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. Get yourself a Coney kit, dozen dogs, the proprietary chili, the onions, the buns. It's delicious. It's perfect for a tailgate. It's perfect. Get the kit. Or just sitting around with all your pals. Yeah, do a right? home, do a home tailgate. I, I know you're out there in LA. I know you're everywhere. Yeah, we're everywhere, man. You know that. You know that we have a more people listening to this hour than the radio stations in this town have listening all oh, yeah. week. Oh yeah, I know it well. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I know it well. O- only thing doing a hell of a job more than this is the Drew and Mike podcast, which you also do double duty. Mm. So congratulations to hey, you. I gotta tell you, this is the only place. Where I'll hear John. Yeah, that's I'll, oh I'll, yeah, I'll, that is right. No, I haven't heard I haven't heard a good long interview with him. Okay, yet. I'll tell you what, like uh, run up there and get Drew. Okay. See if he wants to come down. Do, uh, uh, Drew Lane, who was a all conference uh, ACC baseball player, another guy, another guy contemporary. I want to talk to him about big time college athletics since we have John Vaughn. But also remember. Luke Nowacki, do not guess with your financial future. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. That's the only guy I allow to be looking into my bank accounts and looking at what I'm trying to do. There you go. Right? You know, y'all know about it. Stocks and bonds, what's the government doing? He adds it all in. You get his quarterly newsletter. He's talking to you about inflation. He's talking to you about China. He's got a worldview. Crypto. I am in loss. Yeah. Guy he's, understands me. He's a good guy. I'm not a gambler. I want my investments to reflect that. I work for my money. All I want to do is not lose my money. That's all. I don't need a handout. I don't need a gamble. I just need a return on what I already did. Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. And we, we cannot turn this music off till we tell you about ADR. Always doing right. <laughs> ADR Associates, they are consultants. The ones that 
get things done when you need to get them done, where you got to deal with the city. Listen, if you're the principal in that, around that little school and nobody's calling you back, you call ADR, you get that down. You're a police department, man. You, 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 you live in Flint and they got you a helicopter. Mm. They finally got the helicopter. The helicopter don't got no radar. The helicopter don't got no walkie-talkie. The helicopter don't got a flood floodlight. Oh, you wow. can't even fly it at night. What's the point? Well, I'll tell you the point. The point is you're trying to bring down crime, but you can't fly at night when, you know, crime happens. Well, so here. here's here's my here's my pitch to Mayor Neely there in Flint. Here's what you're going to want to do. So you want to call ADR. They specialize <laughs> in construction, deconstruction, demolition, rehab, project management, helicopter fittings. <laughs> they do it all. Call Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318-9424 because he's honest, he's ethical, he's smart, and he gets shit done. How many times do I got to tell you? What up, Doe? How's it going? He said, ML Elric walk in. This fucking Michigan State stuff, I John. Know, John Bond, how are you, brother? Good, how you doing? I got Sparty Homer just walked in here. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Look at you. You, what's wrong with you guys? Hey, Elric, John, grow up, guys. What's with the fucking college gear? You're, oh, you're, knock you're 50 it off. years oh, yeah. old. Yeah, we're the only people that wear college gear. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> hey, John. You still got four years eligibility. Yeah. John, Michigan yeah. football great. Um, you're a victim of Dr. Anderson. Why are you wearing the, the Michigan football gear now? I, I, I thought you'd want to get as far away from that program as you could, considering everything. Well, you know what's interesting is, you know, I found this out two weeks after my 50th birthday. One, blue's always been my favorite color, and two, I'm never, ever going to be seen in green or red. So, um, you know, I just have a lot of Michigan gear. Um, and, you know, I want President Crystal, Board of Regents, Paul Schmidt, all of them to know that, one, Michigan is bigger than them. We've lost our way. And uh, at some point in time, we're going to find our way back. So, you know, I still support the brand. There's some relationships and opportunities that came that into my life that would have never happened if I wouldn't have been here. So, so I love that, yeah. you know, and I can't hate Michigan, right? Because Michigan is an inanimate object. It's buildings. It's, you know, a block M. It's a stadium. But it's really about the people. I got to explain. I got to explain to the listener. The, the reason you hear that, that black back clatter is um, John is currently living in a blue tent. On, I forget what's it's State Street and what, what street are you on, dude? I don't even remember. South, South University. South 15 South University. Sitting in front of the, what is it, Mark Schlissel? Is that his name? Schlissel, yep. Schlissel, whatever. Yep. Schlitz, whatever. And he's sitting there demanding to be acknowledged for what, John? For the atrocity that occurred for close to 40 years and a cover-up that's now gone on 50 years of Dr. Anderson and all the inappropriate, well, let me just put it this way. I should have never had my first prostate exam at 18, and I should have never had 49 more before I left here at age 20. So as an athlete, like, 
we all had to go to Dr. Anderson, right? You, you get your physical. You're 18 years old. It's supposed to be check your your heart, right? Do your blood pressure. Okay, you get the you get the hernia test. I, I don't even I, I don't even know why you need a hernia test. You either know your shit hurts or it doesn't. I don't know why a fucking doctor got his shoves fingers in your balls. And throughout your career there, how many times did you see this doctor? Um, about fifty times. Fifty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because we were forbidden to see any other doctor um, before we saw Dr. Anner. Like, I never was able to see my childhood pediatrician again when I walked on this campus. Um, and you never really questioned it because in the recruiting process, you know, Michigan, we got the best stadium, we got the best food, we got the best medical treatment. Um, everything was the best, the best, the best. So... You know, if you had a sore throat, you had to see Dr. Anderson. If you had a twisted ankle, you had to see Dr. Anderson. So we had to see him for football and non-football related injuries. Now, was he doing special tests on you? Like, uh, you know, reading up a little bit about you. Like, he was doing research on how to create the perfect black male athlete. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, he made um, an offhanded comment once uh, to me. Um, actually, a couple times in um, a few exams. And then I've talked to several players in the 70s and the 80s that he would make that comment. It was all under the guise of this university-sanctioned andrology study, which at 18, I didn't even know what andrology was. I, I mean, still I don't. I've know never heard of prostate it. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in 18, what I didn't even know what a prostate was. So to have that... Um, all of these exams under the guise of medicine and, you know, really preying on our ignorance or issues within our families. I mean, if I may, like for me, almost simultaneously, when I find out my mother has breast cancer, my senior year of football, Les Miles steps on campus and starts recruiting me to come to Michigan. And so, Les was there from really the beginning of my mother having breast cancer surgery, having a complete mastectomy, lymph nodes taken, starting treatment to when I came on my recruiting trip in January, one of the first questions Bo asked me, Bo Schimbegler asked me was, how's my mother's you know recovery coming? Because she couldn't come on the recruiting trip. And then in my first exam, um, the first thing that, one of the first things that Dr. Anderson said was he, he noticed that I had cancer in my family history, you know, and asked me about allergies or, you know, and all those kind of things. And, you know, at the end of the exam, he said, we need to do a testicular cancer screening and a prostate cancer screening exam. Now, at 18, one, I didn't know what a prostate was, but two, I was terrified of cancer. So I didn't want cancer and I'm not knowing being away from home the first time, like, is my mother going to live because, you know, she's battling breast cancer. Uh, so for me, all of my exams that had these cancer screening tests were all during the same time that my mother is dealing with breast cancer. So in a lot of ways, I feel like you know, I was, you know, groomed or manipulated or the perfect, you know, willing 
um, you know. He used you. Patient. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the biggest thing about coming to Michigan, at least from a football standpoint, is everything was about becoming a Michigan man. And so we learned to play. Um, it was the first time I ever heard the words, are you injured? Are you hurt? Um, you know, no man is greater than the team. No player is greater than the team. It was the team, the team, the team. And so you did whatever you had to do to make sure you were at practice and in games for your team. So why now, dude? So, you know, actually one of my best friends and teammates sent me an email two weeks after the first, um, my 50th birthday, but it was right after Kim Keselowski's article came out. Yep. And I hadn't thought about my daily life at Michigan for 30 years. Me too. Um, and then when you start to read the articles and talk to players and you realize that, you know, for me as an African-American player, they made a decision when they fired him, rehired him, and they conspired to limit the liability when he was at the Department of Public Health for the university and to bury him in the athletic program, um, specifically uh, the, the football doctor. Well, you're looking at a population that is 50 to 75% African-American through his tenure. So that was a racial and economic decision. Um, it was a class decision. And so, and then on top of it, you're calling me John Doe. Um, and when you think of the moniker John or Jane Doe, it's, it's a, you know, it's a code case. It's a, it's, you know, some type of, you know, where it's a victim scenario, but the brand or the person that you're going against still gets to put their brand and their voice out there. And, you know, John Doe's face is nameless. So I just was like, you know what? If you could call me John Vaughn when I played here and recruited me here as a student athlete, then you can call me John Vaughn now. And so I was like, I'm going to control my narrative. Um, and I've been blessed to know a lot of people. So I you know, had met some master victims um, and just kind of looked at how they were treated. And I was like, I'm not going to be a villain when I was the one that was villainized. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you, you I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I look, man, as I said before, I clowned about it because I, I, I didn't believe it. I, I didn't I, I didn't believe anybody gave a shit, but. To me, when, when you go into Dr. Anderson and he's got his finger up your ass and you know, like, what the fuck is this? But it's the doctor, I guess, right? It's University of Michigan, I guess. Or like, man, you're really kind of fucking playing with me here, dude. You know what I mean? On the front. That right. one, that one no. of, yeah. Well, and even like when you were here, he was in the football facility. He so was the doctor was we like got this. sent to. Yeah, like it wasn't like he was across campus or in downtown Ann Arbor. No, he was in the football facility, and we had to see him get our exam but make sure we're on the field five minutes early because on time was late to bowl. So you have all this pressure. So you're just 
okay, this is big time college football. You think these exams are necessary because that's what they tell you. And everything was under the guise of medicine. And so you did what you had to do because at the end of the day, players play, coaches coach, and your team is who you sacrifice for. It's the guys that play next to you, block, tackle, and all that. Well, man, do you remember this? I don't know about you, but I know about my wing of guys that had to go see that dude. You would sit around and talk to each other about what the fuck is going on with this doctor, but I I never said shit. No, no, we didn't. And you know what it was like? And I, I try to tell people this. No one likes going to the dentist. No one likes going to see Doc A. Oh, dude, remember like, never, like they, they, they'd have you meet yeah. up with a creepy dentist in the fucking parking lot? Did you ever have to meet those creepy dentist dudes? No, but, you know, we never talked about what went on in those rooms. Just know that it was, you know, it was, it was, because here's the thing. At least Michigan football. From day one, we stepped on this campus. We were in a constant state of living in a very uncomfortable situation. We were never comfortable. And we were trained to thrive in a sport that is organized chaos or controlled chaos. So you learn to not think about what you need personally from a comfort standpoint because everything is about thriving in an uncomfortable environment that is complete chaos. Football is chaos. It's just controlled chaos. And so you did what you had to do, whether it be practicing with 103 fever because it's Michigan State Week or taping up your fingers that have been dislocated because it's a red letter game against Ohio State. Um, Anything just didn't. Yeah. Anything to the fact that like basically, man, they, they controlled your meal ticket, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and not only that, but you would see how they treated other players that weren't able to participate. You were almost invisible until you could participate in either practice or the games. You know, that's just how the sport was back in those days. John, how long have you been out there in front of President Schlissel's house? So at 7 p.m. tonight, I hit 21 days. And not a peep from him? Not even a, a look out his yeah, window what do, at you? What do you? what do you want? Yeah, He wasn't there, dude. So what is it you want out of no. this idiot? Yeah, He wasn't there, but, you know, when Tad DeLuca wrote the letter to War Manual in 2018 and President Schlissel got, was sent that letter from Ward's office, do you realize that the, one of the first things that the university did was hire the attorney that represented Jeffrey Epstein and Roman Polanski? No. Really? Well, that's a fact. Yes. And they didn't fire that law firm until it was somebody exposed that in a paper. And their statement was, you know, well, we didn't know. We didn't do, you know, in our due diligence, we didn't know. You know, this is the number one public institution in the world. There's no way they didn't know. Now, it wasn't the law firm. It was the t- attorney that represented Jeffrey Epson. Like, how does that happen? Well, you know what's fucked up? That, it, it's like on the right. Board of Regents, you've got lawyers 
like Bernstein, like Acker, who represented, if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm not, represented people involved in the Nasser scandal. And yet we're getting the foot dragging. I think what you're asking is, hey, guys, fuck you and your settlement. What I want right now is I want an acknowledgement, I want an apology, and I want you to come out and face me. Is that right? Absolutely. And, like, being on the ground here and seeing how the culture of sexual abuse and rape is handled on this campus, this became a human issue for me. Um, because I don't know how many young women and men have come by and one said, thank you guys for giving us a voice. And two, you know, I'll tell you a story about the second day. If I can, I'm telling you, second day I was here, a young female student is walking by. She had walked by a couple of times and I'm in that pod. So it kind of looks crazy. This old gray haired black man sitting in his pod. As she walks to class, but I'm outside the pod one day, just kind of walking around. And so she asked me why I'm here. I tell her why I'm here. And she says to me, I spend more time on this campus thinking about when's the next time I'll be raped or sexually assaulted than I do thinking about my major because I understand how you feel because when I reported it, I didn't get any justice. That was really telling how it made me understand why they're treating us the way they're treating us because this university has lost its way when it comes to protecting these students. You know, this was real time telling me I don't feel safe on this campus. And I'm thinking, well, wow, like this is your leader. Like there's two responsibilities. The first two responsibilities of the president of the university is protect the students, inspire them, and empower your professors so that they can teach your students to go on to greatness. And that's the first in any educational situation. And, and he's failed that. So the students have stopped by and offered their support. The president has not. Yeah. I assume no. Have any regents stopped by? Have um, no. has like what has any representative from the university said anything to no. you? <laughs> the only representatives from the university that I've talked to regularly are the campus police. <laughs> um, and you know I get it, um, but also you know there are no mandates in which the Board of Regents and the President can not speak uh, as human beings to any of the victims. Um, because like I said when I first came out here, I'm not trying to settle our case, mm -hmm. but you're going to know me as a man, and I want to meet you as a man. Like, um, But it's also very telling. I've been here now 21 days, no. and I've watched President Slichel walk back and forth to work and I've never seen him engage with any students that he walks past. Yeah, twat. He's a twat. Prof the professors. Guy, the guy's a twat. I'm sorry. He knows you're out there. Yeah. What does it hurt to make a gesture to your fellow man? To what, listen. Ooh, what's it going to do? It's going to 
Fuck up a settlement? You know that they're trying to bean count and figure out this shit. Of course, but he could listen to John. I'm sorry, Larry Nasser studied at University of Michigan. Did he not, John? Larry Nasser started his craft, if you will, of sexual abuse and rape at the University of Michigan in 1985. Boom. What's it? Wh- what department. is chiseled? What is chiseled on the student union? Arts, knowledge, truth. Now all of you, right. you're busy waiting for a football game tomorrow, man. Hey, dude, John is the guy you pay to go watch. I was the guy doing the flips off the wall to get you to, you know, during commercial breaks. It's important to us. Right. So fuck it. It's, it's right. Hey, John, can I come right. out next Friday, homecoming, and hang with you? Yeah, yeah. We've got a lot of um, guys coming. I think. What you're seeing is like tomorrow we have four or five Ohio State Strauss victims coming, wow. Nassar's victims coming. Like this is an issue. This is not only a institutional issue; it's also a human issue. But it's time that we fight sexual abuse, rape, and collegiate sports right now. Right so on. This is where the front lines are, and I'd love for you to come out. Okay, do me a favor. Can you walk outside the tent and give us, uh, I know the listeners won't be able to see it, but I just want to see exactly where you're at and what's going on. Okay. Um, well, I'm leaving the tent we just put up yesterday so that we could have meetings and whatnot as the weather turns. You didn't put it up because you're here. a city boy from St. Louis. You don't know how to put up a fucking tent. <laughs> I really don't. Hey, this is my first time ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> My first time ever even camping. So this is President Slissel's house wow. right here. I remember throwing snowballs uh, at that fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Dooter stuff. Yeah. And so. Oh, look at that. You got a current. 10 city popping up. Yeah. We Hail to got the victims. Beautiful law school. Yeah. Look at this. Wow, that's huge. Oh, this, is, this, yeah, this yeah. isn't going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not going away. Anytime soon. I'm really surprised, by the way. I might as well get political. Like, uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel said she won't investigate because if she did, the university would claim, you know, attorney-client privilege and wouldn't hand over any documents, which is laughable to me because you pulled the same shit with Flint. You got him anyway, and you screwed up the whole investigation. So I don't even buy it. I just, you know, I'm I'm glad to talk to you because... (laughs) I'm not alone. You're not alone. There's a couple thousand of us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, well, I mean, it's a couple thousand now, but at the end of the day, this will go down as the largest sexual abuse, rape, and cover-up in the history of sports. And there will probably be somewhere between five and 600 total victims that will come out, um, whether it be, you know, anonymous or non-anonymous. Like, this is definitely an issue that... Um, we were definitely leaders to invest in that. Are, are you a little bit embarrassed? Look, big, tough guy, heterosexual, probably, like, at least you were posing as it, and it's man-on-man sexual abuse. Was it, was it embarrassing? Is it embarrassing? Did it take you a while to get over no. it? Did you think I about mean, it that? It definitely took me a while to process. I'm but, just being um, honest. I'm just being honest. We all... Look, I was talking to some friends. We went through it too. That that crossed our minds. We, one, you don't want to be, you, you know, we, we love gay people. I don't want to be seen as gay. And 
and I didn't want to fuck up my career. I didn't, you know what I mean? Right, right. And absolutely. And like you said, it took me a while to really like grasp this. But we also were told things like, don't take your helmet off for three hours and don't drink water because it makes you soft during practice. So, I mean, the, in that era, it was do as you're told, do whatever you need to do to participate in the team. Um, you knew you were on scholarship in a lot of ways, and a lot of guys, that was their only way out. And, um, you know, I cannot stress this more. Everything was preceded with this is a medical treatment. Everything was under the guise of medicine. Dude, I, nobody, nobody even said to me, this is medical treatment. They just, he, they, all of them just did it. Now, there, I don't know about you, but there's no explanation to me. There wasn't any explanation. Yeah, I mean, you went in there and that's the doctor it. and that's what he does. Yeah, like he always explained that it was a, you know, either a testicular cancer exam or a prostate cancer yeah exam. you'd get that but you know i mean like why doctor i mean do you think i'm predisposed to you know i don't know i never you know, i never had a rectal exam for a football physical yeah. since right right before oh fuck okay john the the symbol of the university while uh dr anderson was there was is Bo. What, what are your thoughts on Bo, and what are your thoughts about his name being on the building and the statue that's a great you question know, uh, great question. Thank and you. we never even really talk about it as survivors. Like, uh, I don't really care about the building. I don't care about the statue. It's a piece of bronze. But bottom line is there were certain standards that we must make to be a Michigan man and a Michigan football player. And if we did not meet those standards, we had to face the consequences. And so it has been proven by a university paid for $5 million study that Bo knew. So whatever the university decides to do, you know, that's on the university. I will tell you, there's a lot of things that I learned from Bo that I still, in, you know, incorporated in my daily life. But what's wrong is wrong. And he was wrong. Like, there were many times that he could have stopped no, this doctor and for me to never meet him. Yeah, come on, man. Like, happen. this is the shrine of Shrem Schembechler. That guy ran it all. And I, I don't know. Absolutely. I, you, now it's coming out, man. I... I probably should, but I, I don't feel like I'm a survivor. Survivors, I, I, you really went through some violence. Like, you know, you, 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 I just got fucking abused. You, you just prayed on me. Well, Neither a man nor a child. I don't know what's going on. You fucking used me. That's what they did. Well, absolutely. But, what, you know, when you got guys. I haven't thought it out, bro. Okay, I haven't thought it out. I'm trauma. thinking it out loud. Right. Right. Well, and you got guys dying. Like you literally have guys dying because they stopped going to doctors when they left Michigan. I get it. I get it. And now they have prostate exam, you know. So, I mean, it's like there was a hockey player that played here that said he didn't understand really what was going on, what was happening. He was young, but he realized that at 40 some years old, he was trying to get control back of his life. And it looked at all these train wrecks in his life because really the fir first trauma he ever faced was at the University of Michigan. You know, my doctor's a female. Was, you know. My doctor's mm -hmm. a female. And again, it's just going fast in my mind. And I kind of got to, I, I now kind of know why.
I, I, right. I don't fucking trust guys. I don't. Yeah, I mean, we, you lose trust of doctors. You lose trust of... I don't like going to the doctor. Fitters. Well, yeah, I can like, understand and, why. And none of us do, right? And, um, you know... I'm when very proud of you. About, I'm proud of you, but, man. But, well, I appreciate that. I am, you know, man. But I think you're younger than me. But, I'm proud of you. I am. I I'm, I'm proud of that. you. I'm proud of you. I'm really, really proud. Of you. Like you know what they taught us there, Michigan, man. Right? You're supposed to be the baddest physical specimen. You're supposed to be the sharpest mind, and you're supposed to be a leader. And I know you probably got some pushback, but you're you're like. What's chiseled into that wall? You are. You fulfilled it. You are a Michigan man. And I love what you're doing. Yeah, thank you. John, as, pro um, as proud of we that we are of you, I was very disappointed in um, Harbaugh's comments over the summer regarding Dr. Anderson and regarding Bo. Um, what were your thoughts on what he said about it? You know, th this wasn't the Bo I knew. It was was really kind of the summary of what he said. I mean, well, first off, I thought it was very insensitive. Um, it was very reckless. But if you look at his tenure as coaches at every place he's been, he said reckless and insensitive things. Um, there's no way. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to argue with people. Like, you weren't in that exam room, and, yeah, you're protecting the brand. And it'll probably come out. You know, because uh, I know there were teammates of Harbaugh's that experienced it and they knew that he knew. So, you know, one of my best friends and teammates always says to me, sunlight's the best antiseptic. The truth will eventually come out. I'll say this. And, um, I'll say this. You know, and how, yeah. And He, well, ain't, the, he ain't the greatest it. public speaker or the greatest mind, but right. he did not commit right. the crime. But what he did not commit the crime. authority to speak about knowing okay. both than I did. Fair. You know what I mean? Fair. Again, though, I mean, yeah, I, like, yeah. Anderson's dead, Shen Beckler's dead. I don't expect Harbaugh to carry the fucking water, but come on, bro. Sit at home and think about it for a minute. Same with Schlissel. Same well, with the Regents. you know, like I told someone the first time I heard his statement, that seven-minute diatribe, why don't you concentrate on beating Ohio State? <laughs> <laughs> right just do that john can you still cheer for the team can you still root for the team or is it too is there too much pain there absolutely you know what these kids that are here today or you know in every era after me and before me you know i am a fan you know because it's not their fault what happened and we're we realize we can't take away what happened to us but we can sure help prevent it from happening now and in the future. Yeah. And these kids should be able to go after their dreams and aspirations and get a great education just like anyone else. I'll say this. It's you an know? ugly chapter. Oh, God, yeah. So let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's move on. Like, society can always be better. Okay, so listen, yeah, man. Yeah, it can be better. Listen, man. Prediction. Tomorrow. Michigan. Michigan State. Mm. I will, this is what I will say. I think this is going to be the best Michigan-Michigan State game in a long time. I think it's going to be an old-school game. It's going to be low-scoring. and um, Going to be rainy. I took the over. It's going to be rainy. Like, it's – what's the over? Uh, it was uh, 50, I think. All right, stop. Sorry. I, no, stop. I don't stop. know. You see, this is the problem with sports. 
It's all become, you money, know, money. I'm listening to sports radio. It's money, gambling, money, money. and it's like it, it's like everybody just getting nasty all week. And I'm like, it's fucking teenagers in tight pants, motherfuckers. That, that, that makes it fun. Relax. God damn it, just a game. Go blue. <laughs> if, if they, you know, I don't know. I see it's close to like a 20, 24, 21, something like that. But, you know, that's right at 50. Yeah. But I just don't see that many points being scored because the weather's going to be a factor. True. Which is, which is the other thing about how to build a football <laughs> team in the north. Sure. This ain't Alabama. Right. This ain't Texas. It gets cold. It snows up here. You can't throw. You can't. Yeah. It's it's almost unfair. Yeah. Every Super Bowl should be played in the snow. <laughs> I agree. I like it. <laughs> I think it'd be great. All right, John. Like the listen. old Minnesota game back in the day. <laughs> okay, uh, John. Listen, I'm I, I'm gonna see you next Friday uh, if you can get me tickets. Absolutely. Are you, gonna, are, you, are you? Do you actually go to the games? No, I haven't been to a game since uh, the first game under the lights in 2011. The Notre Dame game? Football. Great game. Yeah, the Notre Dame game. You know what's yeah, fucked up game. about that game is like I was in New York doing doing some work. So I got a couple tickets. I gave them to my brothers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, guys. First game I'm like, you guys go ahead. <laughs> they left in the third quarter. Oh. oh. And then they won it at the end. Absolutely. <laughs> Unforgivable. <laughs> but would you go to With a game? the way TV is now, you know, I would probably go to – Maybe uh, like if we got into the college playoffs or something, but I, the 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 viewing experience is just so great. Mm. Um, no, all the TV timeouts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if we playing in a big game, uh, yeah, I would definitely go to. I mean, I went to the Gator Bowl when I lived, or was it last time they were in um, Tampa? Um, I, w- I went to that game. In a in a day like today, it was raining, miserable, and South Carolina beat us. Yeah, that oh. happens a lot. <laughs> All right, brother. If you if you want to hang out with us, great. If you don't, that's cool too. But we, you know, we got some stuff you you, you might want to watch. Like I also a product of the University of Michigan are paying. I'm paying you forward, and so the mayor of Detroit also went to the University of Michigan, but. What he was taught, what I was taught, was two different things. You know, you know, he's, he's a lawyer, man. You know, wait, what'd you what'd you major in, by the way? Uh, it was a general studies in LSNA with a concentration of business and African American studies. And uh, what did you do with that degree, sir? Well, um, scored touchdowns in the uh, NFL. Well, sure did. Yeah, and then I uh, had an IT and business consulting. Um, did that for a while, and then my brother and I, after he left the investment banking world, partnered up, and we've been partners ever since. We do a lot of consulting, and um, so and you've made it big, which is allows you to sit there and protest. Man, I hope he comes out and apologizes no, you know for the snow. Really crazy. I, I'm so grateful for Zoom and working remotely. He's that's working remotely from a tent in front of the fucking Schleiss Schlissel's house. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I got my two. I got my laptop. I got my iPad. I answer my emails. I talk with my brother first thing in the morning, last thing at night, and we're getting things done. So, and it's funny because I had a student ask me, "How can you do this?" I was like, "You know, it's all time management. It's kind of like you know, taking seventeen hours. You just figure out a way." 
Oh, you only get se uh, seven hours of sleep? No, I don't get even close to seven hours of sleep. I don't, I don't sleep much anyway. So. It's because of all the wild animals out there in Ann Arbor, all those cougars coming yeah, out of yeah. their tent. All these chip chipmunks and uh, squirrels, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, it's good to talk to you, and uh, I will see you next Friday, okay? Okay, thank you, guys. My man. Thanks, John. Stone cold dude. Yeah. Been through a lot. All right. You know, hey, folks, that's what I want to talk about. It's the way it goes. True, true, truth. Right? Yeah. Kind of embarrassed for my university. Very much. Fuckers. But proud of John. All right. I don't, I don't think we're going we're gonna to go to a sponsor after that one. No. I just think, like, you guys remember last week? <laughs> remember last week? We brought to you the neighborhood that's been forgotten by City Hall, right? Surrounded by more than a dozen abandoned buildings. These are, these are grade school children in the city where nobody pays attention. I wanted to know if City Hall got the message and they reached out to oh, anybody. Sure they did. And uh, here's our report. Remember the story we did last week about all the crappy houses the city owns in its neighborhood? Surrounded by a school full of kids trying to do better in their lives. About 400 children attend Pulaski Elementary and Middle School on Detroit's east side. But how can children learn when the school is surrounded by unwholesome buildings that double as shooting galleries for dope addicts and graveyards for rodents? Did the mayor return our calls? No! Did the city do anything? No! He changes the subject and announces a mid-chain department store and apartment buildings on his lot. Sometime in the future. So you didn't hear from the mayor? Not at all. But you heard about the new Target? I heard about all the, everything going on downtown in Midtown. But I don't hear nothing about 48205. 48205 die. Exactly. It's the oldest political trick in the book. You hook up the rich guy, you screw the little guy, and just hide in your badger hole. Now, we were told the mayor was supposed to be palling around with the undersecretary of HUD this week to show her what he did with all that federal money. Now, not to stir shit up, but you notice how most of that money seemed to go to the parts of towns where white people live? The mayor's not coming today, he's not gonna- The mayor had a conflict, he had to get yanked off or something, I don't know what it was for. I don't know, they told me he, he bailed. He's not he, coming. He didn't show up? No. Fucking weasel. They showed the secretary the new apartments and the new condos, and she said, it's good to see the comeback kid come back. It's just that no one took her to see where the actual kids live. And by the way, Mr. Mayor, that's your mess. That belongs to the city. Get your shit together, Mr. Mayor, and help the citizens of Detroit. We need help over here. People are dying and crying and losing their properties. And look at all this vacant shit. Get a shot over there. We're sick of this shit over here. I'm paying property taxes at my fucking home, and I can't even live in this motherfucker. Then again, they don't need condominiums on this side of town. They have a splendid little bed and breakfast right here at the corner. That's okay. 
Purple Fudge. God, he laid on that mattress. <laughs> Gross. Well, what a surprise. Nothing I told got Byron, like, hurry the fuck up, man. This thing got bed bugs. <laughs> Oh boy, but nothing, nothing changed. You hear Chris out there in the neighborhood. You, you, you see the Taylor Two City. You see what's real. Yeah. And what you get on TV. Yeah. People yeah. are pissed. The, the press release and the pictures of uh, what's going to be there. Come on. As opposed to taking care of what's there now. Dude. Dude. No, it's awful. It's embarrassing. Nobody got a call. <laughs> I, I, I wish I wasn't surprised, but it just seems par for the course, Charlie. Okay, which leads me to this week's rant. Yet another federal sweep within the municipal machinery of Detroit in an election year. By the way, those houses, if you want to refinance them, <laughs> if you're looking for a mortgage, right? Or you actually... That's a beautiful segue. Thank I'll give you, you. That. I mean, they're, they're cheap. I mean, look, and... and and no sense overpaying or going over a high note. You know, remember, interest rates and what should I do? Are still near an historic low. Call finance a uh, hall financial, right? The majority of their loans close in eight business days or fewer. Mm-hmm. I might buy a few of them from the city <laughs> and tear them down. Yeah. Right, write uh, it off and bada bing. I don't know if you'll need a mortgage, but in case you do. Right. Listen, but you know, look, you get them appraised, sure. they're going to waive it. That saves you 750 there bucks. You go. Get pre-approved the same day with Hall Finance's unique process and advanced technologies. Huh? <laughs> I love advanced technologies. And once you, once you call them, give them a five-star <laughs> review. You would be one of many thousands of people to do so. So making sure you understand your financial situation is step one. But you don't need to go shopping. Just go to 248-308-5000 or davidhallmortgage.com because he's number one, number one. Beautiful. Number one in the industry. He is. Loves the community. Good people working for him, too. I might do it. You know what? I try to buy those houses, but the city won't let you buy them, man. There's something else going on. Why what? are those standing? What else is going on? That's the truth. You know what else is going on? What? There's a municipal election in Detroit, but for the life of me, you'd never know it. Huh? Huh. A daytime raid on City Hall, bribery convictions of city councilmen, corruption in the police department, public money funneled to the mayor's mistress, who's now his wife. So congratulations on that, sir. Mayor Mike Duggan is asking for a third term this Tuesday and nary a peep from most of the media on these pressing issues he should be addressing before the election. Right? But instead of holding the mayor to the account, worn-out reporters in Detroit seem to be holding out their hats, hoping for employment in the mayor's propaganda department. Either that or a public relations gig with one of the companies feeding at the trough of his honor. Dig this. At least 15 former reporters have been on the mayor's payroll by my last count. Most of those still stuck in the moldering local media outlets don't so much as call for a debate. The Lions head coach gets more scrutiny. (laughs) And by the way, my respect to the dozen or so reporters still out there with the guts and the gravitas to ferret out the truth. Otherwise, we'd know zero. But just look at the news this week. Yet another city official swept up in the federal towing bribery scandal. This time, it is the ironically named John F. Kennedy. I kid you not. The former supervisor of the Integrity Assurance Unit within the Detroit Police Department's Internal Affairs Division. 
Lieutenant Kennedy's unit was involved in the internal corruption investigation of Deputy Chief Celia Washington, suspected in 2017, all the way that far back, of taking bribes from towing contractor Gaspar Fiore in exchange for his preferential treatment on the towing rotation. Now, officially, as they do, the department says Kennedy was not involved in that investigation, even though, you know, he was the fucking commanding officer of the unit. Please. <laughs> After months of digging, Kennedy's unit apparently could find nothing on Washington. And so, you know, here's the real deal. Former Chief Craig at that time told me he scuttled the investigation because they couldn't find anything. So he did it internally, told me personally. But I say, sir, maybe that's because Kennedy himself was taking bribes from the towers, according to his indictment papers. It's that simple. It's really not hard. Now, the FBI found plenty. Washington was convicted and sentenced to a year in the federal pen for taking bribes that she insisted were loans she simply forgot to repay. How convenient. That's interesting. Now, Craig's successor, current chief James E. White, issued a statement Wednesday that reads in part, quote, we anticipated this outcome. Hear that? <laughs> and we'll continue to cooperate with the FBI in their investigation, which began prior to me leading this department, which is a half-truth, because when the Washington scandal broke, White was assistant chief of police under Craig, and Lieutenant Kennedy would have reported directly to White. <laughs> Now, as for Craig, he would have reported directly to the deputy mayor. That's the flow here. Yeah. Chief of police, deputy mayor, deputy mayor, chief. And who was the deputy mayor at the time? Who? Chief James E. Craig. Huh? Yep, that's right. How does that work? The chief of police reporting directly to himself and Mayor Duggan responsible for the conundrum because, after all, he appointed Craig deputy chief and kept him on as the chief. This is what the fuck is going what on mess. here. I'm sorry. This, I'm going to write part two. <laughs> Troy part two. <laughs> it's like Soylent Green 2. It's still made out of people. people. Listen, Duggan should be forced to say something now. He's running for mayor. Craig is running for governor. It's their police department. And that should matter to every one of you citizens of Michigan. It should. It's the truth. It's chiseled in the facade of the University of Michigan. The truth. Now, Lieutenant JFK wasn't the only one taking envelopes. City Council members Gabe Leland. Hey, ML. <laughs> yeah, you know that guy. And Reverend Andre Spivey <laughs> both pleaded guilty to pocketing dirty money. And in August, the feds raided the offices and homes of current council members Scott Benson and Janae Ayers, both running for re-election this Tuesday. The four council members constituted Mayor Duggan's voting block, and we've got nothing from the media. Now, as for Duggan, the Department of Treasury and the FBI continue their years-long probe into the abuse of federal demolition money. Don't forget that. Then there's the question of Duggan funneling money to his mistress for her prenatal health program, then Duggan denying it, then Duggan's subordinates deleting public documents that confirmed it. The mayor last month married Dr. Sonia Hassan, 
but he has yet to offer the public an explanation on their business relationship. So where's the opposition in all this? Here you go with this. Supposedly independent political groups in Detroit are in large part supported by the candidates they ultimately endorse. That, according to reporting by my colleague, Violet How do you say Violet's last name? Violet. Economova. Violet I. Economova. Economova. Economova? I believe it's pronounced Economova. Yeah, check her out on Deadline Detroit. She's really good. Now, one such group, the East Side Slate, was paid $20,000 by the Duggan campaign to print election literature featuring... Who? Duggan's block (laughs) (laughs) after it had endorsed Duggan. So you endorse Doug and then he gives you 20 grand. Hmm. So bend over and take the dark money. What are you doing? Get out of here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm busy on my ram, motherfucker. He's on a roll. Sit down. Fix the shit. You know what this is called? What? This is called glory hole endorsing. <laughs> bend over and take it. It isn't normal. It's not, people. You think it is because nobody tells you any different. In New York, the press write books about shit like this. In Detroit, the press waits for New Yorkers to come to town to write books about shit like this. And that's not good for any of us because you can't write a book by Tuesday. Wow, what a mess. Did that make sense? Yes. This is ruining my life. Why? Because it goes on and on and on and I can't get rid of it. I'm telling you, folks. Okay, fuck it. Okay. Eh? Fuck it. Fuck it. Stay on it, though. Fuck it. No. What? No, I said no. Oh. No. Yeah? My good friend Emma Elrich's here. He's running for city council. He's, he keeps handing me stuff. There's your east side slate. I'm, I'm not even looking. I was just knocking on doors yesterday. They're, they're slight. They, they put their cards out right indoors that say no handbills, so they don't even care oh, what residents. Is that all we got? They're giving me flyers when I didn't ask for any. No, no, no. It's much deeper than that. Listen, I don't know. Oh, it's Violet calling. We got her name wrong. <laughs> pick it up. Tell her. Pick it, pick it she up. She said it's Violet. I am a mofoa. Kova. <laughs> she is a mofo, she man. A bad mofo. She, she, Just she, talking about Shaft. Shut your mouth. Okay, listen, bro. Dark money, the slate, and you're not on the slate. Not enough. Now, your opponent in District 4, Letitia Johnson, I invited her on. Oh, good. You know, because we're like that. She, she's a lovely woman. She, she's really cool. Real nice. Real nice. Unfortunately. She, she's my second choice for this job. <laughs> <laughs> Out of two. She's got things to do. Oh. She wishes you well. Oh. But a, a very complimentary on the program. Nice. Just so everybody knows, you know, this is no pull the pants down. But having said that, this East Side Slate, are, are you on? No, they, they didn't even interview me or give me a chance to be considered uh for their endorsement um and uh by the way this east side slate one of the people who runs it is carol banks uh scott benson's chief of staff who i busted uh when i was at fox 2 she was at the time nominally the ombudswoman for the uh, detroit public schools she got fired after we showed that she was billing the city and the school district for work in the same hours uh school district blew her out they confirmed our reporting. Of course, the city's uh, inspector general at that time said, oh, we don't see any evidence that she's double dipping. And so what did Scott Benson do? 
he tripled her pay, made her a full-time employee instead of a part-time employee. And I think what we're seeing is what she really does a lot of is a lot of politics on the side. Who? Uh, Carol Banks. Okay, let's, let, let's get back to what's going on with you. And look, I think this thing's a coin flip right about now. It's neck and neck, you and Johnson. Who knows? But you, know? you don't have any ties in this city hall. Why not? Did you go to the mayor and say, hey, will you sit quiet? Will you, will you let this one be honest? A any, any sort of conversations with him? Because obviously, by this report, this little thing I just said, Violet's work, he ain't sitting quiet and he's not letting the people decide. There's a lot, it's, it's his money against you. Did you at least meet with the cat? So when I was uh, still at the Free Press, I did the longest and the most in-depth profile ever in the history of Duggan's career, which is saying something because he'd been in politics for 30-something years. And while I was buttoning that up, he was like, you know, so I hear you might be running for city council. And I said, Your Honor, while I'm a, while I'm a reporter, I'm a reporter. We can't talk about politics. When I'm no longer a reporter, if you want to get together, we can get together. He said, Fair enough. So after I left the free press on January 4th at something like one in the morning, running through the tape, uh, they called and said, you know, can we get together? I said, yeah, let's get together. So we got together in early January. Uh, just, it was, it was sort of, I didn't know what to expect. You know, it's, I'm meeting a, I'm meeting a guy I just covered. You Where know, was it? Now I'm a, what's that? Where was it? Where'd you meet? It was in a law office. It was off site. It was during a lunch hour. So, you know, they, they were very careful about making sure it wasn't on company time. But plus, you know. They know we do stories like that when people, you know, I think we both. Oh, you're using the office. I, yeah. I think we both tore Bob Fecano up pretty good for doing stuff on company time when he shouldn't have been. But at any rate, you know, he just expressed some, some insights on, on the race. And, uh, and, and basically his position was we don't get involved in primaries, particularly when, when he's running for office. I said, I think that's great because I want to run my race. You got your race. I got my race. And that's been my position all along. I said, uh, I'm running for Detroit City Council. I'm my own man. Uh, I got here on my own. If I succeed, I'm going to get there on my own. And that's that's the way it's been. Now, some other folks may have met with him. Some other folks may have asked for some help. But uh, but some of this dark money that's been spent in my campaign came from some of these accounts that were connected to Benson, Banks, some other folks when they were trying to get the... Uh, in. What, what some people would call it, maroons. Yes, what some people would call the more watered-down a community benefits plan that Benson championed back in 2017. Now, uh, based on what I understand, Benson and Banks were kind of freelancing with some money left over in that account because they don't like me because I busted Benson plenty of times, busted Banks. Of course, I busted uh, I busted um, Spivey plenty of times before we knew just how bad he was, and, and I, I thought he wasn't a very good councilman, which is why I got into this race. But I would not say that Mike Duggan is out to get me. I don't think that he's trying to actively campaign against me. I don't think he's actively trying to campaign in favor of my opponent, uh, Letitia Johnson. But, uh, uh, but yeah, you don't want to run against the mayor. You don't want somebody who can dial up Millions. five figures on your ass when, uh, when you're trying to raise five figures yourself. But, but this money lined up against you ultimately has its roots. In the guy, in people, uh, people around the guy. Like for instance, yeah, I don't, I don't. Actually, I don't think there's any Duggan money in this race. But I will say there are some groups we don't know where the money's coming from. So I can't, you know. I mean, there's this group, East Side Slate. Well, the East Side Slate, you know, they, they're uh, they get twenty grand from Duggan. 
Well, yeah, and, and you know why? Because because they, they do the door knocking. So I was trying to show you that flyer. They put stuff in people's doors. The, you don't see as many of the big shots like Duggan and the statewide candidates going door-to-door like I do. I've been going door-to-door since January, and I'll be out there again tonight and, and all weekend. In fact, I'm, I'm going to skip the big game to which I've got tickets because i got to go knock on doors tomorrow, but that's, that's fair enough. But Why don't you um, give them to fucking John Vaughn? You know, actually, I invited the Letitia when we when we had our candidates debate at Eastside Community Network. Uh, afterwards, I said, you know, I got four tickets to the game. I said, I'll take you and your husband if you'll go with me and my wife. She's like, what? I said, no, seriously, because she's a U of M alum. I said, if you'll go with us, I'll treat you guys to the game. We'll go up together, free parking. We'll sit there. I said, because the only way I'm going to that game is if I know you're not knocking on doors Saturday night. <laughs> so I said, if I can take you off the chess table... We'll do. It's worth it for me to give you a pair of tickets to that game, and and we like each other. We've been friends. You know, we both live in the same neighborhoods. Our kid went to the same schools. Uh, you know, we both served on our neighborhood association board. We've both been active in our neighborhood. Um, I happen to think one of us has been more effective in in their efforts, but you know, that's for the voters to decide. I, I need to back up here, though. I mean, wh- U of M. Why are you giving it like three letters? Like it's not MSU. It's it's Michigan. No, no, it's the University of Michigan. It's not Michigan, Michigan is a state. Michigan. That happens to be dominated by Michigan State. Michigan. They don't go like this. This weekend, uh, the big game, it's uh, U of M and MSU. No, it's Michigan and MSU. Yeah. I prefer to think of it as the Wolverines. Charlie's right. No one calls be- them the Wolverines. Because the last time the Wolverines were dominant, Wolverines were in the state of Michigan. See, but it, that's, I'm getting back to it like... <laughs> You're making excuses. I never gave a fuck, dude. It, it's about like going there, getting an education, getting better as a human being. It's a way station between, you know, adolescence and adulthood, and that's it. it the rest of it's just supposed to be fun. Exactly. Oh yeah, well, actually, I don't hear any fun anymore. I mean, listen, uh, the University of Michigan. Finger up my ass. Is well, yeah. So that's uh, that's 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 wrecked, um. <laughs> so there you go. That's pretty good. So <laughs> clever of nothing else. But yeah, sorry. But but uh weren't we talking about the East Side slate? <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing. Okay, listen. But but um, here's what happens with these slates. Particularly ones like the East Side slate. Sometimes candidates partner with these slates and they become their de facto boots on the ground. So that twenty thousand dollars that Duggan gave to East Side Slate, I will bet you paid for canvassers to go put out the literature that says we endorse Mike Duggan and maybe some of Duggan's own literature. There's, there's all kinds the of the other 15 grand. I can't be fooled here. I covered politics from coast to coast. Well, I've so, never heard of this. So in a, in a, it, it, you know, and I've been covering politics in Detroit for over 20 years. So I have heard of this, but only in Detroit, but it, let's have full disclosure here. I was endorsed by the Wayne County democratic black caucus after they interviewed they told all the candidates. Me. They asked me. Yeah. And then after they endorsed me, they said, uh, if you would like us to print some literature, uh, it's five hundred bucks. We'll give you we'll give you some of the literature, and I said, and they said, and we'll provide you with two poll workers to hand out the literature in your district. And I said, well, how much literature are you going to give me? They're like a thousand, two thousand, something like. That. They actually gave us more than that. That was worth five hundred bucks. Now they offer you to either get some literature for the 500 bucks. They say, we're going to print all this shit up and we're going to hand it out, but we're not going to give any to you because you didn't pay for any of it. And we're not going to give any poll workers because you didn't pay for any of it. So you have a choice of whether you want to, you know, you still get the endorsement. Nobody asks you for money till after you've been endorsed. So you still have a choice of, okay, you've been endorsed. Now, if you want to give us some money, we'll help you tell the world that you've been endorsed. 
ideally they'd be raising their own money and they'd say you've been endorsed and we're a value-added element to your campaign so because we're an independent thing so here. keep your money or we'll give you a donation but that's not how it works here wow that's fucking now having said that nobody put the bite on me for 20 grand <laughs> and, and the other thing about that is i think i think the way it works is depending on you know whether you're citywide or not they charge you more or they ask you for a larger donation but 20 grand I'll just tell you this right now: the uh, Wayne County Democratic Black Caucus didn't ask anybody for twenty grand. Okay, now I know we're in the weeds, so let, let's just do this. Yeah. First of all, good luck. <laughs> no, Thank good you. luck. I, I know. Are I know. you available to uh, work the polls on Tuesday or do some canvassing? This is as close as I'll get. This is it. Okay. I know you well. I know you'd be an honest man, a hard. You sound thinker. like the Free Press editorial board. Uh, no. There's a difference. There's a difference. We don't have an editorial board. I haven't consulted with anybody. So in this room, Karen, Neither did they. That maybe we'll do that in the future. I vouch for you as a hardworking, conscientious, honest individual. There's no doubt about that. That I know that you read budgets, that you will, you will be open, that you will invite the media in to look at the contracts. I can say that without hesitation. And we would both rather starve than eat a bag of crap. And I wish you all the luck. The main thing that you would campaign on, that you would say, this is what I'm going to bring, specifically, not not, yeah, amorphously, you know, nothing about right. open air, specifically one thing that you want to do to make people's lives better, by the way, Seven and Shaner's listening. Yeah. What? accountability so so here's what that means here's what that means when i decided i was going to uh give up my job and made my career to run for city council i wanted my motto to be honest period change period because i thought that there wasn't anybody really fighting corruption in city hall when i exposed gabe leland nobody said anything about it and my opponent says you know well we got an inspector general we got an ombudsman we got an auditor general those are all fine things, but they haven't caught one crook in City Hall in my lifetime. And you and I both know, because we've caught a lot of them, that there's a lot of crooks in City Hall, both elected and otherwise. So, so accountability both so that I can go in there. And, and that, I was ready to run when I thought the only crook on City Council was Gabe Leland. Now that we know for sure there was two, including my recently uh, deposed councilman and maybe two others and maybe more. And, and then accountability for the city. People to do their jobs. You're supposed to demolish houses, demolish houses. You're supposed to clean up illegal dump sites, clean up illegal dump sites. You're supposed, supposed to bring to, down crime. Yeah, you're supposed to fill in potholes, fill in potholes. You know, you're supposed to not take bribes from towing operators. Why are we even doing private towing anymore? Why does the mayor want to do that? I got a policy that says make it city work. I mean, when you are when you don't have cops who get a hundred bucks from a tower to get tipped off on a, a jacked up car, you take the corruption out of it. More people in Detroit have gone to prison because of towing. Who the hell knew there was that much money in broke-ass cars? Can I, can I? So it's time to just, we, we can't fix it. That shit we can't fix. And fix so it's time shit. to stop pretending that we can do this with private towing contractors. Put Detroiters to work. Put union people to work. Give them jobs with the city. Let them tow it. And here's the other thing we take out of that. Cops don't have to be a part of it so they can patrol the streets. And we don't gouge our poorest citizens because you know if your car got towed, it's because you don't have insurance. Because if you have insurance, getting your car hooked is free. So now what we do is we have our poorest citizens who can't afford to keep their car running, don't have insurance to get it towed. We throw it in a lot. And then the towing operators, they forget for a couple days it's in the lot, where, by the way, it's 150 bucks a day if it's in the lot, plus maybe a $50 release fee. 
So now we have people who can't get to work because their car broke down, don't have insurance because they don't have money. Their car is now being held hostage. Now we're telling them, you got to give us $500 or more to get your broke-ass car that doesn't work back. And those people are expected to keep a job and contribute to society. We are allowing private towing companies to prey on the poorest Detroiters and our poorest citizens. Stop it. Stop it. You know what else happens when because it's an aging society because we're losing population. Crime's going up. Population's going down. <laughs> so what you're really taking is older people's cars. Older people can't get to dialysis treatment. They can't get to social services. They, they Therapy. Yeah. Take it to the doctor. Listen, and that's just one, one of the inhibiting reasons the quality of life is going down. Now, the other one is this. Medicare is complicated. Thank you. Huh? You, you like two it? Two for two. Yeah, yeah Medicare is complicated. Government makes all sorts of rules, regulations. It seems there's hundreds of rules that you're just supposed to sign up for. You don't understand what they are. You get it wrong. Your car's been towed. You can't get to it. You're penalized. Then you got to worry about what's covered, what's not, whether you can afford your prescriptions. All of it. What do you do? I don't know. Uh-oh. I'll tell you what you do. I feel like a plug. That's where Medaguy comes in. Oh, yes, hey, hey, hey Medaguy. Medaguy. <laughs> the licensed agents at Medaguy do nothing but Medicare all day long. You call and they answer your questions. They're local. So you can meet with them face-to-face if you want. If your car gets towed, you can do it by phone. Oh, that's right. You can do it by Zoom. They're licensed. It's free. You have an advocate. How do you get a hold of him? How do you get a hold of him? I just met a guy who can tell you that, folks. Eight, Listen eight, up. 888 Charlie, what was that number again? Uh, 888-970-2940. Or Fantastic. you can just go to yourmedicareguide.com. Now I get a cut of that, it's right? Like, it's like, yeah, it's no, okay. There's a beer right around the corner. No, wait a minute. That's, just, that's what the city council members we got now say. I get a cut of that. Speaking right? of which, the shakedown, the towing bullshit. Flint is probably going to set a record for homicides when the, the, the population's at an all-time low. It's fucked up. Those may be linked. So what did the mayor do? The mayor decides, hey, I'm going to get a helicopter for three months. Going to lease it for 300 Guess what the helicopter is used if you want to buy it online? How much? 300000 Guess what a new one is? 500000 So we're going to get a used one for 300000 I, I want to buy one and start leasing it out. Fucking A. But, Make your money back But quick. the one Flint's got, they finally got it, right? It's a crime wave going on. We finally got the helicopter, and we're going to police Flint during the winter <laughs> with the helicopter disaster. when the murder's going on inside under the Christmas tree, and yet the helicopter, as far as I can tell... Has no spotlight, huh. has no radar, has no computer. It's just some shit they fucking leased from a guy from a comb. Now, I believe, do we not have a little report? We do, yeah. Let's analyze this report from Flint Local News to see what they can tell us about said helicopter. By the way, everybody I know in Flint is laughing their ass off. I couldn't even get to bed last night. Yeah, except the guy's paying for it. Yeah, and how the only they... guys not laughing are the ones paying the taxes that cover the three hundred grand. Oh, I'm glad you asked that. Let's roll the tape and what see exactly how they're paying for it. 
it's been a long time coming and just as quickly as it came this afternoon, it's already left. But don't worry, I'm told <laughs> that the it will be back and up in the air just in time for Angels Night. Let's get to uh, some of the details oh! now. Take a look here. We it's know like there's been some logistical issues uh, <laughs> that have delayed the chopper getting here. But again, it is finally here. Chief Green asked for time the assistance out, of a helicopter at the beginning. We have some logistical issues. It's not on time getting here. And yet you wanted to chase murderers in real time. Yeah. And, and not an auspicious start. And usually on those choppers, don't you see, you know, a big thing on the bottom, like a uh, cam, well, like you mentioned, like cameras or radar or something. Infrared. Yeah, it's totally, totally flat. A fucking 50 cal Gatling gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's weird. Ah, it it's what you're weird about for. living in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. Is... Treasure Island's there, so it's like a naval installation, and you're going over the East Bay Bridge, and yeah, and they'll have one of those fuckers, like an Apache with with the the fucking gun. Cool. No, it's weird. It's like I remember I remember driving over, going like, "Holy fuck! Imagine that coming in your rice paddy." Little little frightening. What a killing machine. But anyway, go ahead. How are they paying for this? It's a great question. Well, let's ask the city council candidate ML (laughs) Alrick what he thinks of this public policy. Let's roll it. Is it going to start at the beginning again? No, 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 no. It's been a long time. <laughs> hey! Jump forward, Joe. There you Chief go. Green asked for the assistance of a helicopter at the beginning of the summer. The plan was to get the equipment overhead in order to help officers on the ground. We know drag racing has certainly been an issue in the city, and patrols have had a hard time catching up to those drag racers. The helicopter... It's been a long oh, time coming. What, what and happened? Just as- a great show. <laughs> what, is it Tuesday already? All right, fuck it. All right. Well, you got to catch the end of it, Joe. Can you go to the end of it? Just the end. Just the very end. Oh, my God. It's, it'll be worth we'll it. We'll fix it in post. No, we won't. That's how, that sounds <laughs> That's like too much work. To me too, that sounds like too much work. <laughs> go on. Everybody, everybody loves mistakes. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, it's been a long time. Well, uh, okay, maybe not. All right. For the beginning, and anyway, at the end, the reporter says it's paid for. It won't be paid for with any public dollars. It'll be paid for with towing and impound dollars, <laughs> which is worse than tax, right? Because it comes from the poorest. It's people. still a fucking tax. It's still public money. I mean, what? what is- yeah. So it's funny. The city uh, used to do this thing where they would have amnesty for parking, uh, parking uh, scoff laws, and uh, this happened under Kilpatrick and. They gave me a list of the top 10 scoff laws, and there's some really big numbers there. And I called the number one person, and her reaction was, you doing this story again? I was like, no, i never done this story. She's like, yeah, but they do this story all the time. I'm always number one. I said, well, maybe you should pay the ticket. She said, okay, let me tell you how this works. I used to work in the McNamara building downtown. I parked in front. They had no parking for us. I'd get tickets. They booted my car. They took my car. They put a boot fee on it. Then they put late fees on it. Then I got fired from my job because I didn't have a car. So now I owe you more money every time you call me, but you can kiss my ass. I'm never going to be able to pay you because you took my car, so I can't go to work. So these are the people who they're getting the money from. First of all, they're never going to get the money from them. And second of all, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you should park wherever you want and just basically be a screwhead, but I am saying that a lot of these things are involuntary taxes on our poorest people. Paying and, on people. Yeah. Oh, here's another one. I'll give you one, you know, as your de facto... In private, we'll fix this in post. I don't want to again, once again, how many times do I have to tell you? We're not. No okay, post. listen. <laughs> There's no post. Here's another bullshit one out of the mayor. By the way, you control the Great Lakes Water Authority votes, right? The, the mayor's got the votes. Detroit gets two. Is that correct? Wayne County gets one. 
Yeah. The governor gets one. Yeah, I'm not sure the makeup of uh, of uh, Great Lakes. Yeah, what are you sitting here for? You must know this. No, here, look. Uh, I uh, so the mayor. I had my says, people working on that. Oh, we had the flood of the century, right? So your house got fucked up. Everybody's house. Oh gets yeah, it did. Fucked up. <laughs> Floods. Let me remind you what happened this week. Atmospheric river and bomb cyclone intermixing on the west coast. Right? Storm of the century for real. You went all Kevra on me there. For the for real in the West since the gold rush they've been measuring. Six inches of rain for real in six hours. Now, Oakland, California, I used to live there. Yeah. Built on landfill. Oh. They filled in the marshes. There were no 30,000 homes flooded. California-wide, 100,000 homes lost power during the atmospheric river slash bomb cyclone configuration. Mm -hmm. 100,000 homes. It fucking the wind blows and 800,000 people in this state. It's not normal. That wasn't the biggest storm of all time. The dude's lying. The fact is you're not maintaining the infrastructure. Yes, sir, or no, sir? Uh, Yes, sir. In fact, uh, it was just reported yesterday, I think, or maybe Thursday. Yeah, yesterday. That, that So I go to all the Great Lakes Water Authority board meetings and all the DWSD board meetings, basically telling them they got to they gotta do something to keep our homes dry. And we've proposed a plan, if you want to sign the petition. There's an it's idea. It's at change.org. Look for Stop Detroit Flooding. It's very intuitive. But they've been saying all along it's the capacity of the water. So I've been saying, well, then don't put the water in the system. Use some green infrastructure. But now... One of the independent engineering firms they hired is saying, no, no, there was a problem with the pumps, and the problems with the pumps did contribute to the flooding. Now, this is still not the final report, but I think we all know that the system had problems with the pumps, that power to the pumping stations was a problem. And so to pretend that the pumps played no role in this is to basically tell a bunch of people who drowned that they were in the desert. Well, you know, that wasn't spit sand we were spitting out when yes, we went sir. down to our basement and threw away things that our kids made and our grandparents left to us. So that's why I go to these meetings, to remind them that we're not going away, that you need to do something about it, and that uh, this isn't going to be like in 2014 where they walked away, they commissioned a study, and they were told, your pumps stink, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to have redundancy with the power sources. Somebody stole the copper! You need to provide no, backflow preventers for the homes. They didn't do any of that. The same rain came, the same thing happened. Everybody says, oh, we didn't see this. The weather report said it wasn't going to be that big a deal. Uh, but Excuse me, you paid somebody several years ago to figure out how you screwed up last time you didn't do anything when they told you what to do, and then the same thing happened again. Are we surprised? I'm not. That was just a yes or no uh, question, by the way. He's running for shit. I know, but you did say yes or no. L long story is well told. Wrong show. <laughs> well, well here's, here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. Like, All right, fucking media. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought I got a rant now. today. I'm doing it now. Like, you parroted what the administration told you, and you can't back off of it. I know what the final report's going to be. It would have flooded anyway, but not as bad. Okay, not as bad. 200 homes, 500, not 30,000 homes. Bull shit. Well, the other thing is the difference between two and a half feet of water in my basement and six inches of water in my basement, 
pre- pretty massive. And I'll tell you, there are people in Jefferson Chalmers who got four to five feet of water where the water was coming up to the first floor of their home. And this is not the first time they've been flooded. This is one of the hottest neighborhoods in Detroit. And people are thinking, I need to get out of here. None of that sentence makes sense. By the way, lake levels fell two feet this year. Period. Period. Again. Look. Well, they can't just pump it out into the lake because it's all funky water, you know, because they don't separate the sewage and the water. They did it in Macomb because it's an emergency. I'll I'll pay the the fine. That's the other things. Yeah, the the, the system. It's... You can't pump it if the pumps aren't working, right? All right. I don't have a civil engineering degree, but that seems pretty straightforward. Hey, good luck to you, man. I mean, I mean it. Thanks, Charlie. I appreciate it. And you know what? There still are people out there trying to hold people accountable. I'm trying to do the job that I did for 20 years. I'm just trying to do it from the inside. Because I'll tell you what, if there's a rat on city council, you can't pretend they're a rabbit. And I'm the only guy I know who will stand up and say, I will not sit next to someone or have anything to do with someone who is not doing what they told us they would do and who's betrayed the oath that they took. And I would direct you all to read the Detroit Free Press today. Paul Legan has a front-page story on James Craig uh, running away from a carjacker in 2013, like we told you a month ago. Here first, always the truth. Yep. uh, It sounded familiar when I read it. And don't treat me like I'm plastic and don't treat me like I'm wood. I love one another. Pick me out, man. <laughs> Take it in, you, Karen. Goddamn! I don't know. I don't know. I'm made of plastic. Enjoy the weekend. That was your hour. You ain't gonna get nowhere. I hope you're feeling better, Red.
Yeah.